Half the Battle is back! It's me, Daniel Levy, your host. And today's very special Champions Edition of Half the Battle is super cool. We're going to be talking to Freddy Asunsao, the Titan FC lightweight champion of the world. He just not only defeated, but finished Jay-Z Cavacante to win the belt. And man, you know, he's such a sportsman. The way he handled himself, the way he conducted himself after that performance, true champion. And as far as I'm concerned, this guy's ready to get the call to the UFC. I mean, if you look at it, his pro debut, he not only did he fight, but he beat Felipe Aranches. And then in his last fight, he uh, finished Jay-Z Cavacante. So I think it's time for that call up to the big show. Then right after that, we're talking to Jose Shorty Torres again. And man, I mean, how impressive was he, dude? You know, to win a pro title in your third pro fight, you know, that's unheard of. And his amateur background, 25-1, and one, you know, this could be the guy to dethrone DJ. It, you know, if DJ's still holding the belt, when uh, by the time Jose Shorty makes it to the UFC, you never know. But you got to look out for this guy. Very special talent. And then finally, to cap it off, we got Diego Lima in the house, the Titan FC welterweight champion of the world. You recall his unbelievable war with David Machad. Now he wants to come to the UFC too. So we're going to talk all about that. And here we go. First up, Freddy Asunsao. Joining me on this very special edition of Half the Battle is the Titan FC lightweight champion of the world, Freddy Asunsao. Freddy, welcome back to Half the Battle, my man. Hey, Daniel. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. Well, first of all, congrats, man. You brought another belt back to ATL. So it's, uh, you know what I mean? It's good to talk to the champ. Yeah, appreciate that, man. Yeah, that's good. We, you know, we're getting some good, um, some good titles, you know. Um, All we're missing now is my brother's UFC title and Douglas Lima's Bellator title again will be complete. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's coming soon, man. I, I I can feel it. You know, based on uh, I know Hafi's coming back strong, and Douglas looked incredible against Paul Daly. So it, it's coming soon, man. But dude, first of all, I want to commend you for how much of a sportsman you are, because as you and I both know, Jay Z is one of the nicest guys in this sport. And I know when you enter yeah. uh, the cage, it's kill or be killed, and you have to finish him. But as soon as the yeah. fight was over. I mean, well, first of all, we'll, we'll talk about the ref in a second. But first of all, yeah. after uh, you choked him out, you know, immediately you didn't jump up on the cage and celebrate. You lifted his legs up, which is, uh, you know, an old school jujitsu thing to do. Yeah. Well, you know, I I saw that the referee, well, you know, wasn't kind of, he was kind of a little bit lost in what to do. Uh, uh, just a little bit, right? Just, <laughs> yeah. And man, Jay Z's a great guy. Uh, we have, you know, I, I, to be one hundred percent honest, um, I didn't feel <clears throat> it wasn't a great feeling fighting him. Like as far as like, you know, um, I like the guy. I, when I started training MMA, I looked up to him. He was one of the best in the world. You know, we have a lot of mutual friends, and you know, with the whole thing, he was being really nice. Um, you know, in the way he's and he's always been a super cool guy. And I had a lot of mixed feelings like shit, man. You know, uh, the guy's a cool guy, but what you know, it, it, I had a lot of mixed feelings because I didn't know how to react if you know, uh, being too friendly. You know, I mean, it, like you said, it's a battle, isn't there? Is it me or him? And Finding a guy like that that you care about, you don't want you don't want him to get hurt, um, you know. And I don't want to get hurt, you know what I mean. Um, but we still, we still, we both uh, want the same thing, and we have to fight as part of the job. So it wasn't a great feeling finding him. I mean, it was a wonderful feeling winning the fight and fighting and winning the belt, which is, uh, you know, a great achievement. Um, but man, if I could avoid finding friends, I'll definitely would, you know, in the future. Yeah. And I mean, to take it a step further, Freddie, not only were you the fighter in there, you were also the ref in there because as we mentioned, that ref 
I don't even know his name, but he did not know what the hell he was doing because, dude, let, let, let's be honest here. You won via first-round knockout. I know it's officially a fourth-round submission, but uh, you knocked him out in the first round, and the ref didn't even notice it, and you were pounding on him. He went limp, and then I guess you hit him with another one that woke him up. But, man, I was like, fuck, ref, come on. Like, let, you know, like, stop the fight. But at the same time, since Jay-Z was the champ, I guess you got to give the champ every possible way to come back, right? Right, right. Um, honestly, like, I, I, I didn't, like, of course, on the guillotine, when I got him the guillotine, he went limp, I felt it, and that's why I told the ref, he's out, you know, um, and when I was hitting him, uh, like you said, he, he kind of went, uh, he didn't move, you know, for a few seconds, and I, and I was like, fuck, you know, this guy is just going to sit there and, and take it, and I was a little bit concerned, you know. Um, of you know, just not hit, keep hitting him, and you know, just taking other shots, and then um, he started moving a little bit again, and the referee just let it go, and I was like, shit, you know, um, and I, I was thinking to myself, I can't believe he just sit, sit, you know, a guy like that, that that experience, um, just sat there and took all these shots. So, you know, it's a great point that you made. Maybe he was out. Um, for a few seconds, and then he came back. I, honestly, the hit the moment there, I I didn't catch that. Um, so that's why I kept going. If I if I would have realized that he was out, I would one hundred percent absolutely stop hitting him. You know, um, I wouldn't want to uh, hurt the guy. Uh, that wasn't my intention. Oh, of course, and I mean, it's not your fault at all because the position you guys were in, it almost seemed like a deep half guard, so you can't look at his eyes. You can only see the back of his head and his ear, and I guess you're, you're hitting him on the ear, which is completely legal. It's just for me as a fan, I got to see both of you from you know the outside perspective, and it looked at me right. like he went limp, and I was screaming at the, re at the TV. It's funny. I'm screaming at my uh, UFC fight pass. I'm like, ref, stop the fight, man, but uh, you know, Jay-Z, we got to give him so much credit because that guy not only is he so tough he's such a veteran you know the the leg lock attempts he went for and, and all that stuff i mean he's just such a true fighter he fought until the bitter end man so much yeah, much respect to jay-z but dude that guillotine that was beautiful man thanks man i appreciate it. yeah we we uh I, we were training a lot of gear actually i was training more gear. I, i've always had a good guillotine um for the past few camps, you know, I've been really getting people in guillotines and training. Um, so we know, and, and we knew that um, Jay-Z has a really uh, a high-level wrestling uh, background. And we knew at one point, uh, the, the, you know, the, the whole, <clears throat> the game plan was to, um, you know, mix it up on the feet and make him want to shoot. And if he did shoot, we could have the possibility of getting the guillotine. Um, and I trained and ended up on, on my back, you know, cause I knew I might end up on my back. He's a good wrestler. Um, <clears throat> but I trained a lot of guillotine defense cause I know he has a really strong guillotine as well. Um, so when opportunity came, you know, I was able to sink it in and, um, it got really tight, really fast. And, uh, you know, I was just squeezing. I couldn't. I mean, he's such a strong, solid guy that it took me a while to, to figure to really feel that he was in, he was going limp. You know, um, I, I think I held it for longer than um, I should have. You know, and, and then when I really felt that when I when I adjusted my body because I was squeezing, I was like, dude, that's not gonna tap. And then I squeeze, you know, I shift my hips out a little to get a little more leverage. That's when I felt that he was limp. I was like, oh shit, he's limp. You know, that's when I told the referee, ref. The guy's out, man. <laughs> but, but see, what you just told me is so fucked up. Not, not on your part, on the ref's part, because it shouldn't be your responsibility to tell the ref, hey, he's out. It shouldn't be your responsibility to, you know, think about, oh, is this guy out? Is he not out? And you know, you know what I'm saying, man? You're supposed, yeah, to, you're supposed yeah. to be in there just fighting and doing your job. But with that said, the fact that you were able to maybe, I don't know if I want to call it flip a switch, but to show that human side of you that, hey, you know, I know this guy's out now. I don't need to squeeze on the guillotine anymore. You look at the ref and you're like, dude, he he's out. Come on, man. And, and uh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, man. Um, yeah, it was just like instinct, you know. Um, it was really just instinct, just second nature. Um, right away, like you said, I was able to flip the switch and say, oh, you know, like, I was instantly uh, concerned about about him, making sure that I was telling the referee, pull his, his mouthpiece out, let, you know, oh, let's wait for the dog. I said, nah, pull it out, let the guy breathe, you know. Um, <clears throat> so it was instantly... I was able to flip the switch and, and go into, uh, because man, you know, some people like, I mean, I, I understand some fighters, um, you know, you got the adrenaline pumping and you, you know, some, some people go out and they keep hitting them without unnecessary. And sometimes you can't help it. I've done it before. I knocked some, some, I knocked a guy out in, in, um, in Canada and I threw a, at least three shots while he was already out and, it really wasn't, it was unnecessary, but sometimes you can't help it. You know, you got that, that automatic, you know, it's just, you don't think about it. It's just react, you know, your body's reacting to what you train. But, um, of course, I already won the fight. The guys are out, you know? So I was, I was like, well, I'm, I'm the champion. I already won. There's no reason for me to jump up and start celebrating. You know, instead of helping the guy out, making sure he's okay, because um, the fight's already over, anyways. You know, so that was, um, you know, that was my concern about about him. He's a great guy, man. I, I love the guy. You know, afterwards we talked. I said, man, I'm, I'm sorry that I could, because I really have a lot of respect for him. I, you know, when I started, I remember going to the gym, and he was already one of those top. It was Tiago Alves, him, Amos Frank. Uh, um, yeah, uh, a lot of the old school guys at ACT and you know I was white belts training and these guys are like all fighting Japan and you know big names and you know and they were cool with me you know hey man you know I know your brothers and come train with us and you know they always, they always been really nice to me um, so it, it was really um you know, it, it was really special, like, to, to be able to get to the point where I can compete against him and, you know, and show that I'm I'm at that level. Um, <clears throat> but, again, it wasn't a, like, hitting, like, beating him up and, you know, doing stuff like that. It wasn't a great feeling. No, but, I, I completely it, understand. And sorry to cut you off, but, I mean, I want to personally yeah. commend you because, as you said, you respect Jay-Z a lot. I respect Jay-Z a lot. I mean, he's such a nice guy. He's a pioneer of the sport. I mean, for, this is a guy that yeah. not only was he considered the number one lightweight on planet Earth back in the day, but he went back mm -hmm. and he won a belt, you know, in this era. So to be a champion in two different eras of the sport, you can't help yeah. but, you know, have so much respect for a guy like Jay-Z. And Freddie, the way you conducted yourself in there, I mean, you handled yourself like a true champion, my friend. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. What do you do? So, man, you're wearing that belt now, and there's nowhere to go but up. So, uh, you waiting for that call to the big show or what? I am. Um, I, <clears throat> you know, like I, I took that one, that that 55 opportunity to a five foot championship belt. It's it just because I wanted to solidify and show, hey, you know, um, I haven't been very active because of injuries, you know, injuries has kept me from staying active um, as much as I, I would like to. But, um, you know, when they when they offered me, because I wanted to fight for the 145-pound uh, belt, and I believe I can beat the champ. The guy, you know, that wrestler, he's a tough guy. But I think my style is the best style for him. I, I believe I would I can beat him. I wanted to fight him. That He wasn't available to fight August 5th. I, they offered me Jay-Z. I said, let's do it. I'll take, I'll, I'll fight the 55. Um, <clears throat> and excuse me. I, uh, so now that, you know, I want this, um, there's no reason, you know, I, I believe that I'm ready. I proved that, you know, I fought one of the guys that are one of the more, one of the best in the world and he's still at a pretty high level. And I showed that I'm, I'm up there, you know, I can train, I can fight against, whoever, um, and put up a good fight, put up a good show. Um, I'm not going to be outclassed by anybody. I, I might, I might lose, you know, nobody, nobody's beatable. Um, you know, everybody, anybody 
can lose in MMA. There's no such thing as undefeated. Um, but I proved that I'm, you know, I'm durable and I, and I can, you know, I can scrap anyone. You know, I can I can stay. I'm not gonna be outclassed when I fight against, you know, a, a bigger show or people at a higher higher level. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm really waiting for this call. Um, I might, you know, we talked about maybe uh, the possibility of of defending the belt or maybe fine for the for the 145 belt at Titan. But really, my heart is, uh, I just want I want to get my chance. You know, everybody has their chance. My older brother went in the UFC twice. Rafael, <clears throat> my twin brother Rafael is in the UFC now. There's guys here in Atlanta that fought in the UFC already. Um, I feel like I haven't had my chance yet. You know, I want to get in there and prove um, well, what I can do in the cage. You know, against a higher level, <clears throat> against on a bigger show. And I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna perform the same way, if not, you know, if not much better. Um, so we're gonna go from there. I have a little bit of a, a hand injury <clears throat> from the fight, so I'm waiting. I'm going to get an MRI done on the hand. No, there's no fracture, but I might have a little bit of a uh, little bit of an injury in my ligament in my hand, my left hand, so I'm going to get that done and, and go from there. So right now, um, i got to, you know, first things first, got to see if I'm healthy. Yeah, and you mentioned, man, you know, you and Dre the Bull w- would be an incredible fight, but let's be honest here. You feel like you're ready for the big show. I feel like you're ready for the big show. And if you look at your resume, I mean, you know, you, your first ever win, your first ever fight was against Felipe Aranches, who's an incredible fighter. And then your last yeah. fight was against Jay-Z Calvacante. As far as I'm concerned, those are the credentials to make it to the big show. And as you mentioned, both of your brothers, you know, uh, Hafi's in the UFC. Junior had a couple great fights in the UFC. It's your turn, man. So, you know what? Rest up yeah. uh, rest up the injury. And uh, I think uh, you might be getting a call from Sean Shelby or Joe Silva soon, my man. I hope so, brother. I really appreciate that. And I appreciate your support, man. And, you know, the support of the fans, of course. Um, <clears throat> I really do. And, yeah, I believe that, man. I believe in my skills. I believe in my, you know, in myself. And, um, you know, when when I fought Jay-Z, I, I told myself and told, you know, my students and my brothers, you know, it's time to, oh, are you going to take such a risky fight against Jay-Z? You know, guys, tough. Well, you know what? It's time to to make it or break it. You know, exactly. Um, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of people that baby their way into the UFC. When they get there, they get their ass kicked. You know, they realize they're not ready. I don't want. I don't want that to happen to me. I want. You know, I never had. I mean, I might. I might have one or or two easy fights. You know, um, in my career. But other than that, I've only, like you said, you know, my first fight was against a super tough guy. <laughs> I mean, Freddie. My, my, when you when you make your MMA debut against Felipe Aranches, I mean, you don't need to sit here and tell me you've had easy fights. You've had very tough fights against guys that are doing well in the UFC. It, it, it's your time now, man. And I mean, there's no other way around it. But one one thing, real, you mentioned that you don't believe in uh, in ring rust, and you know you had some time off between this fight and the last. Can you talk to me about that mindset, yeah. real quick? Yeah, yeah honestly, like I. I of course, you you know, you miss some little things, maybe a little bit of timing, you know, uh, if you, if you don't fight for for very very often. But as far as ring rust, you know, um, at least for myself, I don't believe if you're well prepared um, and if you know if you're training hard in the gym, um, if you work on your timing, if your cardio is good, if your conditioning is good, if you're healthy, there's no such thing as, as ring rust. You go in there. I mean, I fought, this is my second fight in three years, you know, and I mean, and Jay-Z just fought like two months ago. So, and I, you know, I was toe-to-toe with him, you know, so there's, I don't, I don't, I don't, I really don't believe in ring rust, you know, you can get in there and I mean, look, look at guys at a, at a higher level, you know, look at Mayweather. Guy fights one time a year and he goes there and he proves, you know, he he's well trained. He goes into the ring once a year and he beats people up, you know. 
Hey, um, look at uh, look at Dominic Cruz. He takes four years off and then he comes back and wins the belt. Exactly, exactly, man. If you if you're well trained, you know you're well trained. It doesn't matter if you if you're if you're coming back from a year, two, three. It doesn't matter. If you're well trained, you're well trained, and and that's that's you know that's what it comes down to. Exactly. Well, Freddie, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's always a pleasure, my man. Congrats again, the new champ. And dude, we can't wait to see what happens next. Hopefully you get that call soon. Just let the audience know where to follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug or or anyone else you want to thank. Now's the time, my man. Well, first of all, thanks Half the Battle and thank you, Daniel, for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Um, I really appreciate, you know, your kind words and your support. Um, you know, if, if the fans want to follow me, uh, Freddie underscore Asunção. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and, and Instagram. Um, you know, look out for me, man. I'm coming. You know, I'm I'm up there in age. Um, for MMA fighter, fairly old, you know, 34. But I haven't, other than some, some surgeries here and there, I haven't taken a lot of damage. So I can I can go for a lot longer, and uh, you know I want to thank my family first of all, my brothers, uh, my wife to be, which I'm getting married uh, in October. My of course all my coaches and my training partners and my students, uh, and the fans of course, you know the people that support us and support this sport. I really appreciate you all. And real quick, Freddie, before we get out of here, you mentioned your age, and I just want to give you a little something before we get out of here. Michael yeah. Michael Bisbing won the UFC title at 38 years of age against the young stud Luke Rockhold. Anything is possible, my friend. Just stay hungry. That's right, brother. Well, well said, my friend. Well said. All right, brother. You have a great day, my man. You too, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Joining me on this very special edition of Half the Battle is the Titan FC interim flyweight champion of the world, Jose Shorty Torres. Jose, welcome back to Half the Battle, my man. I'm excited to be back on. Yeah, you know, it feels weird calling you the interim champ because, uh, in my opinion, I, I have this vision for the future that uh, that undisputed title is coming pretty damn soon, my friend. But first, congrats, man. That was unbelievable. Oh, thank you. You know, I'll be able to last because he's a great opponent. Uh, you know, he, he showed more heart, definitely showing that he can get out of the first round after you know, almost being finished. But overall, it was a tough fight. And, you know, I did my thing, and I'm, I'm just happy I won. Dude, let's give some credit to Abdiel. He was unbelievable. And, you know, I thought that this was going to be the toughest test of your career. And you know what you did? You rose to the occasion at the championship-level fight, and uh, now you're wearing that belt. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy. My coach and I weren't really uh, too nervous about the fight against Abdiel. We are actually more nervous about Reynaldo Duarte, uh, my last opponent. But... You know, Abby. Abby did his thing, and you know, um, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda. I did. I did my thing, and you know, I got the knockout win. So I'm just happy. You know, I'm glad everyone enjoyed the show, and you know, Abby and I put on a, a phenomenal performance. So overall, win or lose, both of us, uh, you know, put on fight tonight. I, which, which I believe. Oh, yeah, and both of you guys are coming to the UFC. There's no doubt about that. And it's funny because when you and I spoke about the fight, you were like, well, I want to stand and bang. If, if anyone's going to shoot for a takedown, it's going to be him. And I thought that that was some gamesmanship. You know what I'm saying? Because you're the you know the accomplished wrestler. But it actually was true. He was the first one to shoot for a takedown. I was like, wow, Jose called that correctly. Yeah, I, yeah, I tell people, even though... I, I'm an all-American wrestler. You know, that's pretty much my biggest route. I, I like the stand-up bag. That's where people enjoy the show. I don't want to be, and no offense to George St. Pierre, but I don't want to be the person that's someone down or just holding them down. You know, I want to be one of those guys that stand and bang. If I have to do a Khabib Nurmagomedov off of taking them down and, and ground and pound, and so be it. But it's always action 100%. I, I'm not afraid of a firefight. And if I, if I feel I'm getting beat up a little bit, then yes, I'll do a takedown and do ground and pound. But it's always putting on the performance. Now, let's take it a step further because you had a beautiful takedown in, in that fight. Now, correct me on the name. I believe it was a belly-to-back suplex. Is that correct? Yes, it was a belly-to-back. I tried to get it 100% straight over my head, but he was running forward, so I had to use that spinning momentum. And, uh, you know, got him like 75% over the top. But overall, I got him to land the shoulder instead of his head. And, you know, I, I know it definitely took a little bit out of him. And from now, <laughs> I was able to take the back and, 
you know, do my thing. It was, it was just an awesome time to know, like, oh, cool, I got him here. Let's see how it goes. Wham, you know. So, you know, hearing the crowd in the background going, oh, you know, obviously it gets me more excited because all I want to do is put on a show. And if I have to do some flashy throws or punches, stuff like that, then, you know, so be it. Dude, that was a beautiful takedown or throw, whatever you want to call it. It was amazing. But you know what else was really cool, too? So he kind of got a little bit of a takedown in the first round. You had one of the nicest wizards I've ever seen in my life, and you pop right back up to your feet. I know in the post-fight interview you said you didn't expect him to take you down. But, dude, let's forget about that for a sec. Let's talk about that wizard. Oh, my God, man. Yeah, it was funny because, you know, I'm I'm very forward, so there's always a chance, and and I'm open for a takedown. And when he shot for the double, he picked me up very light, very easily. And once I felt I was going down, I'm like, all right, cool, pop back up. And that's something we practice a lot, actually, at Jackson Wink. uh, yo, guys, we're being rushed. We're getting taken down. You know, if you you get taken down, immediately don't don't pull guard. Don't do anything. Just immediately try to get back up. And same thing at Johnny Hendricks' camp with Team Genesis and uh, um, Reyes Boxing. Immediately, they're like, you get taken down, just come back up. And... Yeah, it just it was all instinct from there. It was muscle memory, so I got back up and was able to do my thing. And it's funny because, like I said, I'm not a person to go for takedowns. And I was like, oh, you know what? You got one. I got to get one back. <laughs> yeah, dude. And props to you, not just for that wizard, but for getting back up to your feet, the fight IQ you displayed. Because a lot of guys, you know, they'd be content to lay on their back. And as you know, in this sport, if you're on the bottom, the judges don't like that kind of thing. So you handled yourself very professionally there. And, uh, dude, let me ask you this. So in that first round when you had that back mount and, and you're pounding on him, you know, the ref could have stopped it, but he did let him continue to the second round. When you're in a moment like that, so let's say you're standing and banging, that means that it's 50-50, the other guy has a chance to knock you out. But when you're in back mount and you're the guy on top and the other guy can't defend himself, what's going through your mind? I mean, is it still, okay, I got to take him out here? Is it at all like, man, I feel kind of bad for the guy? Like, what goes through your mind? Tell me about the fighter psychology in a moment like that. I can tell you this, every single punch is a power punch and it took his back. There was no little pitter-patter punches to go, hey, I'm punching him, you know, 20, 30, 40 times, ref, stop it. These were all power shots. And, uh, you know, the only thing I was thinking of was, one, listen to my coach because I was right there at the corner but was, man, I hope he doesn't turn his head because actually one of his uh, his third fight, one of his wins, he got his back taken, the guy ground and pounding him, and uh, Abdiel turned his head, and the guy elbowed him right in the back of the head, and Abdiel ended up winning by disqualification. Oh, man. So I was like, oh, man, I don't I don't want to do that. You know, So I wanted to throw elbows, but he kept on turning his head again, you know, playing it smart, doing the right thing. So I was like, you know what, let me just throw power punches. Let me, let me try to pick my shots and do the right thing. And eventually my coach was like, hey, try to choke him out. And, you know, I tried. And uh, eventually he pulled the arm down. And I, do I believe I could have gotten the choke if I would have, uh, you know, squeezed a little harder? Yeah, but I knew there was 10 seconds left. I heard the clap, so I didn't want to tire out my arms and uh, put too much effort into something that might have not happened, which, you know, I was right. And uh, overall, I, once I got up, I was like, oh, no, he's tired. <laughs> you know, there's no way you can be, because he was, he was definitely choking. He was gurgling. And uh, I knew that was going to mess up his conditioning. And again, for for person, and I've been in those positions. Actually, BJ Penn got me in that position of, you know, he took my back, he was lifting my legs, and there was literally, you know, BJ Penn had me in a position for, you know, for his last training camp where, you know, I took him down, everything was great. He scrambled out of it, took my back, and from there, my legs are up in the air. He's just wailing on me, and it's it's there's panic, you know, because there's nothing you can do. You want to get up, but there's literally nothing you can do because you are stuck. You know, for me, again, it's actually the same instance as uh, Nabdiel. There was only, like, so many seconds left. All I had to do was survive, and it, it sucks. And I remember getting up from that. I knew I was gassed. And so when I got up from it, I knew Nabdiel was gassed. And I was just, you know, timing it. You know, I knew there was going to be no power if I had to take a few just to, to land one big one, which I did. And so be it. And uh, I'm just happy I got the TKO finish. Yeah, it, it, it was beautiful. And, uh, dude, tell me about that knee, because, I mean, I've never seen you throw such a nice knee before. Was that, uh, you know, was that some Mike Winkle, John? Who helped you get that technique? Oh, well, it's, it's funny. When I do my training camps, I'm, I don't do any personal work with anybody or Rink or, or Greg Jackson or anyone. I just literally, I, I just train, I spar, and I, I learn from experience. So it was, just like a, it was just a good time knee. It was one of those, like, uh, I hooked him, I need him, you know, I started running off. And it's funny because I didn't even know what happened. You know, I was about to punch him, ref stopped the fight. And after the fight, I look at the replay. I was like, "Oh, I need him!" You know, like I again, it's, you're just you're just so in the in the zone. You don't know what's happening until after the fight. You're like, "Oh, I did that." So 
So I'm just, you know, I'm happy I got a beautiful knee. And for the people who uh, look at my social media, I just posted a picture that Bloody Elbow took where it's, I knew I need him in the face, but I didn't know where exactly. I was like, oh, maybe the chin, maybe the nose. My, my thigh is all over his whole face. You know, like there's not one piece of his head that I miss. It is ridiculous. Yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. Can we talk about your boy Cub Swanson for a sec? Oh, my God. You see that fight with Kawajiri? Sadly, I missed it. I've actually been wanting to tune back in to watch it, but I know I knew immediately I was on the flight while he was fighting. But I knew immediately he won. I was so happy because Cub was, uh, you know, I only sparred with him about like three or four times, but he was the guy that I wanted to spar with. One, I, I didn't get a chance to last time. And two, he fights just like Avia when it comes to switching stances. He's so unorthodox. You don't know where his punches or kicks are coming from. And Cub Swanson is just at a whole other level. You know, so I was like, oh, if I spar with him, I'm going to have no problem out the L. And I'm going back and forth with Cub. And Cub's like, dude, I want to spar with you more. You fight just like my opponent. You know, so I was like, oh, cool, this is perfect. You know, and, and having that experience with him physically and mentally is just, it's a huge uh, confidence boost. And it's an awesome time. And he had a great performance. I'm just excited to watch the fight again personally. But I see so many people talking about it. I'm just happy for the guy. Dude, let me tell you about one of the moves he did because I'm pretty damn sure that this is something you guys have trained in the gym. So Kawajiri had one of Cub's legs for a single leg, right? So he's about to get the single leg takedown. And on Cub's other leg, the one that he's balancing on, he kind of did a little jump step. And then out of nowhere, he's in full mount. I was like, oh my God, that's got to be something they train every day. Oh, I, I definitely saw the highlight of that. And it's, you know, it's one of the things you step over again. It, it was pretty funny because I was messing with uh, one of the guys in the gym and I, I'm beating him up a little bit. And he called out of nowhere. He's like, hey, man, why are you messing with him? He doesn't even have a belt in jujitsu. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, he doesn't even have two months to just do. You roll with me. I was like, ah, oh, okay. You know, so I saw roll all the cubs and go back and forth. And I don't know where he's like, I go, Ed, so you've been going a little longer than two months. Huh? He goes, yeah, I got this little black thing around my waist. I don't know. They just decided to give it to me. You know, so Cubs wants the black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He knows what to do in those situations. And just rolls him from the experience. Again, he's, he's so unpredictable. It's ridiculous. And again, I... I going straight into mouth mainly when somebody's attacking you is probably the best thing you could ask for <laughs> yeah and i mean props to cub man it's good to see him uh you know two wins in a row and he's just such a I, you know he's a legend of the sport man so it's good to see and so is kawajiri it's good to see a great back and forth fight like that now let me ask you about one of your other teammates so donald cowboy cerrone he's got a fight coming up with rick story how's he looking bro Oh, I don't know. And actually, when we when we say teammates, you know, right now I'm not. I'm, I don't represent Jackson Wink. I'm not a technically a part of Jackson Wink. You know, I, I just go there to spar and I pay my usual fees like everybody else. But you know, it's Donald Taroni, man. He's yeah, I've never actually really talked to him, um, but I know he's he's just an animal, man. And that's one guy I definitely respect when it comes to. I'm complaining because I had three fights in, in five months. You know, I'm tired. They're already, <laughs> trying to push me. They're already trying to push me for another one. But I know, that, you know, Cerrone's been, hey, yeah, I'll fight in two weeks, every two weeks for, for the rest of the year. I'm fine with that. You know, it's like, what? How do you how do you do that? You know, we before I even went down to Jackson Wink, you know, watching him fight and out of nowhere, two weeks later, he's at the card again. I'm like, what the hell? How is he back in the card? And this guy just... He just loves the fight. He really loves the sport of fighting, and he just goes in there, puts on a show. And against Rick Story, Donald Cerrone's just been getting better and better. Yeah, he had his, you know, his, his loss against um, uh, Dos Anjos, but you know, Dos Anjos is a whole other guy. I think he's going to be able to beat Rick Story, but I, I say it's going to be a close fight. And I mean, we, you know, every fighter takes a loss from time to time. It's not a reflection of what kind of fighter Cowboy is, because when he is at the top of his game. He's a very hard man to beat. Oh, at the top of his game, I think I think he's he's scary. Mainly with his stand up and his muay thai, his knees, his kicks. I mean, this guy can knock you out with anything. And you know, people definitely underestimate him when it comes to the ground. I mean, he he does his thing. He doesn't care. And like just like me, he just wants to put on a show. It doesn't matter. He gets knocked out or he's gonna knock out. He wants to stand up and brawl. So no matter who he fights, they know win or lose, it's gonna be a tough fight. Now. Jose, how do you deal with all the expectation, all the hype, all the pressure? Because, look, you got all these people telling you, oh, you're the future, you know, the the amateur background you have, you know, 25 and 1, all, all these credentials and everyone's, you know, everyone's expecting big things. How do you manage that in your mind and just go out there and perform? 
you know, for me, I just want to have fun. You know, it's, I joined the sport as a kid to have fun. I didn't join it to be stressed or nervous. Given, yeah, do nerves come in? Yeah, I'm, I'm fighting the guy that's trying to take my head off. You know, it's, that's, that's natural. And given I have all the hype, so it doesn't help at times. At least my pro debut, I had so much anxiety going in there. All these people are like, you're a pro, you know, all this amateur experience. And I'm thinking, I'm ahead. And I'm like, man, what if I lose? <laughs> you know, like, I'm 25 and 1, most accurate amateur in the world. But if I lose, my amateur record, in a sense, means nothing. You know, so I'm happy all these things going on. I know for my next time I have a little more pressure, but so be it. You know, it's it's part of the sport, and I, I accept it. And actually, that was one of the biggest things of the difference between uh, out there and I is that I went in there smiling. I went in there having fun, doing a Power Ranger meme. I'm doing my thing, you know, I'm laughing. Compared to Abdiel, he was he was so, I wouldn't say scared, but he was so nervous. You can tell the anxiety. He, you can tell he was different, you know, and uh and I hear he's a very humble guy, and sadly didn't get a chance to see that. But he's so nervous that he just didn't want to do anything. He didn't want to shake anybody's hand. He didn't want to look. And it changes somebody's, you know, fight personality. You know, if you're relaxed and have fun, just like if you are in practice, you're going to go out and do your thing. But if you're nervous and and, and all this anxiety is setting in, then you're going to be stiff as a rock and you're going to get knocked out. So for me, I always just go in there and have fun. And I know no matter what, win or lose, people are always still going to support me and know that, I would come back even stronger and do my thing. Yeah, and I mean, this interview is about you, but I, cr- I quickly want to comment on what you said about Abdiel because, look, I've interviewed him a couple times. One of the nicest guys I've spoken to, but I noticed that, man, on fight week. I mean, he looked pissed off. He wasn't shaking anyone's hands. And, you look, it's one thing to, you know, be a killer inside the cage or ring, but, you know, like in the, you know, in the stare downs, in the walkout, I was like, damn, dude, like, uh, it looks like he's got a chip on his shoulder. You know what I'm saying? Oh, this guy, I can tell you this, uh, we're on the boat, and yeah, all the fights, only the fighters, you know, even the opponents talk to each other, you know, Abby just wouldn't talk to me. He wouldn't at all look at me, you know, if he did look at me, it was super awkward, you know, when I wasn't looking, and um, we do the weigh-ins, and he just, he wanted to stare into my soul, like, he looked at me, and he's just like, I'm gonna be your nightmare, and I was like, ah, dude, relax, like, we're fighting tomorrow, who cares, <laughs> you know, like, this is, this is... You know, just for the camera, man. And I was like, oh, whatever. And even grabbing the belt, he's trying to pull it towards him. I'm like, I can care less, man. I'm just, again, for me, it's we're all after the same goal. It just so happens we're on each other's way. You know, it's we're all part of the sport. And I learned at Jackson Wink, there's a lot of camaraderie in the sport. We have all the guys all over the world at the same weight class. And never know. One day we might fight each other, but it's part of the sport. If we fight each other, then so be it. And we're friends at the end of the day. You know, if we're not friends, at least show that respect of, I had to do the same thing you had to do during practice. You know the struggle. And uh, he he was definitely, again, all these people were saying he's humble. He was just very different towards me. And I, and I get it. A lot of people are different fight week. You know, some guys are 100%. Some guys are, like me, very social and outgoing. Who cares, you know? But, you know, he, he did his thing, and I'm just happy he shook my hand after the fight. And, you know, I'm, I'm ready. I know this is not going to be the last time I see him. Let's just say that. Oh, yeah, and certain people react differently to, you know, the biggest moments of their careers. And, you know, he, he'll learn from it. He'll be back. But as far as you're concerned, man, I mean, look, dude, it's not often you get to see guys that are 3-0, and you know, holding pro titles. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, I think you're ready for the big show, dude. But, you know, there there is a guy named Tim Elliott who holds the undisputed Titan FC belt. If I had to make a prediction, because I am a betting man, I believe that the two of you will never meet and that you'll be you'll be the undisputed champ or maybe even get the call up. In your eyes, how do you see it going down? Yeah, I actually, I completely agree with you. I don't see him coming back to Titan FC. Um, I just personally, I, I respect him to the fullest. I know he's a very, very humble guy. There's a lot of volunteer work. And he's been a great champion for Titan FC. You know, been super dominant, never had a close fight for Titan FC from what I know. And I would love to fight him. I believe that'd be an awesome, entertaining fight. Um, I mean, two guys that just always go forward. You know, he's so unorthodox. I'm very technical. I think it'd be an awesome fight to watch, mainly for, you know, two guys that just go straight in and just want to battle. But he's a guy who's won countless times for Titan FC. I believe he was 2-4 and four in the UFC. He's a guy that deserves to be called back up, whether, you know, he wins his ultimate fight or not. I believe he deserves to be called back up. And I wish him the best of luck in, in, uh, in the Ultimate Fighter, and I think he's going to do really well. You know, he has a he has a, a tough show ahead of him because again, it's all the champions from the other promotions. But Titan FC is a, a really really tough promotion. You know, I've definitely respected it so much, and I know he's going to represent Titan FC and all the fighters, and they're very proud. 
Yeah, now, now, Jose, I mean, look, it's not often that guys that are 3-0 get signed to the big show, but if we had to make an exception, we'd make that exception for you. In your mind, when will you be in the UFC? Well, actually, I, you know, I've been getting called every single fight by them, um, but they've been kind of managing my career when it comes to Titan FC. You know, I do have one fight under my contract. Can the UFC break it? Yes. But again, I'm only 3 now. Um, I know they don't want to move guys up super, super fast because of popularity. But, you know, I, I would love to move up right now. But from what I know, they want me to uh, defend my belt first one time and then move up. So I'm actually discussing if I'm going to fight October 29th or if I'm going to fight December 3rd. Um, so one of, the, one of those two cards, I'll be defending my belt possibly against a Brazilian. I'm not too sure, but hint, hint, maybe. Um, but we'll see. You know, for sure those two months, sometime in the winter. But I, I'm just excited to relax, enjoy myself, enjoy my family, my friends, and uh, my time off being back home in Chicago. Now, you mentioned uh, the options of October and December. Both of those would be in, uh, in Titan FC? Yes, uh, it, it'd be you know one of one of those uh, one of their cards. I prefer December third because again I fought three times in five months against all tough opponents. You know, so I just want to I want to relax. These the training camps are obviously brutal. You know, I think the training camps do more damage to you than the actual fight itself. The fight's the easy part. Um, you know, I just want to relax, enjoy food, maybe stay off nutrition diet for a little bit. And just, <laughs> you know, you know and, and enjoy myself. And again, it it. It's not hard to do, but if you do it so many times, eventually you're like, okay, man, I, I need to relax a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping the UFC understands and uh, lets me relax until December 3rd. But if they're pushing it and they, they want this, the you know, momentum wheel to keep on rolling, then so be it. I'll fight October 29th and uh, you know, see where it goes from there. Now, I know you're a very respectful guy. You don't have to get into this too much. But uh, there was some troll calling y'all out the other day with your nutrition methods. And, you know, you basically had to cut, you know, just a couple pounds to make the weight. It was no big deal. And this guy's all like, oh, then, then what, why do you call it uh, managing weight, not cutting weight? I'm like, oh, my God, you're missing the point. But do you want to comment on that real quick? Yeah, yeah, no problem. I mean, actually... Brian Levick told me about it. I didn't even know if the guy was trolling. I thought he was literally just asking questions. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm more than happy to under, you know, help a fellow athlete trying to lose some weight and, uh, or at least understand the method. And, you know, for people who don't know, I used to cut for wrestling. And when I say cut weight, I went from 155 all the way to 25. But it was, you know, two weeks of straight struggling, you know, not eating, not drinking properly and uh, having a really, really hard time, you know, running almost 11 miles a day, trying to get everything done. Cardio was, you know, at another level. But this time, Work with nutrition, I got down to 131 and a half naturally. I mean, there was, I, I can barely get down to 140 naturally for wrestling out, my, out of my own knowledge, you know. So, nutrition, I got to 131 and a half naturally. And then, fight week, the day of weigh ins, I ended up getting down to 128. And so, when I woke up um, on Thursday, I was like, you know what, Lou? I'm going to have some breakfast and uh, I'm going to have eight ounces of water with me, you know, to lose that remaining three pounds. And given there's low problems with the scale, so I ended up losing five pounds and being 123 when I weighed in. But I, you know, I ended up doing it really well. But that guy was just hacking at me, hacking at me, hacking at me, <laughs> trying to trying to contradict stuff. And I'm like, you know, I I didn't know who it was. I didn't know he was trolling. You know, I'm just I, I'm very trustworthy at least, very very quick, too trusting at times. But I was like, oh yeah, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. And he was just hacking again. If people don't like nutrition, leave it alone. You know, if you don't like them, don't deal with them. You know, if you're a Dolce guy, if you're you know. Um, a Lockhart guy, you know, whomever, then, then deal with them. You know, you can ask them questions. But if you're, you know, not a fan of somebody, just leave them alone. What's what's the point of being a troll? You know, it's what's what's truly the benefit, dude. You know, so you know, the funniest thing about it is none of these guys that you know they talk all this shit about nutrition. They've never met them, met met him, or talked to him in their lives. I've spoken to this guy, one of the coolest guys I've ever spoken to. I was like, I don't get where this hate comes from. But then, you know, I put it into perspective. You know, the, some of these fans, they don't really understand the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. They kind of look at the fighters as like superheroes. And you know you know what I'm saying, uh, Jose? So yeah. it, it, it was one of those things, I think, man. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, again, you know, some people could look at it as, hey, you know, lose work with, you know, Johnny Hendricks or Jones, and maybe, you know, the guy was too low on weight. Again, there's a science to it, and a lot of these, a lot of these people don't understand it. You know, they just want to, again, like they say, it's like, oh, I could have knocked this guy, or I could have performed better. It's like, well, then you get in there. You know, you try it. <laughs> it's a hard job. If, if everybody could do it, you know, if, if it was easy, everyone would do it. You know, this is a hard job, and this is why, 
you know, us athletes in general, you know, whether it be football, baseball, MMA, it's such a hard sport statistically. That's why only so many people make it to the top level because it is extremely difficult, you know, to get there. You know, people want to call it hating or whatever, trolling. You know, let let them do their thing and we'll we'll do our job. And at least uh, when we do our job, we get paid for it. Fighters going to fight, haters going to hate, right? Haters going to hate. Hey, so real quick, now this is a very bold question. Obviously, you can't see the future, and you're it's okay if you tell me I don't know for this answer, but l- let me ask you your opinion on this. Is Jose Shorty Torres the guy to dethrone Mighty Mouse Johnson? I would love to dethrone Mighty Mouse Johnson. I've actually been, you know, a lot of people have been commenting on it, like, oh, Demetrius Johnson better watch out, you know, DJ, you know, he's coming for you. I'm just like, you know what? Again, just like the, the whole Camellia instance, I would love to fight DJ, but I know right now I'm not at his level. You know, I'll easily accept that, but I want to get there one day and I want to challenge him to know whether I'm better than him or at least where I'm at and how much more I need to work. But DJ's a phenomenal athlete. He's been such a great champion, but I hope one day Jose Shorty Torres could be the guy that dethrones the great DJ. Well, you're going to get there soon, my friend. And Jose, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's always a pleasure, my man. And again, congrats on winning that belt, my friend. Oh, thanks, man. I'm more than happy to come back on. And yeah, you never know. Next fight, maybe the UFC. I believe Titan FC, but overall, you'll see me in the UFC one of these days. Oh, and that's a fact, my friend. I will put my money on that. Jose, have a great day, brother. You too, man. Thank you. Peace out. Joining me on this very special edition of Half the Battle is the Titan FC welterweight champion of the world, Diego Lima. Diego, welcome back to Half the Battle, my man. Oh, thanks a lot for having me, my man. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for bringing back a belt to ATL, dude. Definitely, definitely, man. We needed that. We needed that, man. I'm very excited. Yeah, and it was an unbelievable fight. It's not like you went out there and, you know, maybe knocked him out in the first round, submitted him in the first round. You had to earn that belt. You had to show that you're the true champion, and that's exactly what you did, man. Five-round war. It was unbelievable. Exactly, man. You know, we both wanted it, man. We left it all out there. You know, we couldn't even move after the fight. So, you know, we just we left it all out there, and, you know, thank God I got the knowledge, man. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And, uh, you know, after the fifth round, how did you have it, you know, in, in your mind? Did you think you were up? Like, because I know when, when you're fighting, I doubt you're like, oh, it's three to two me or whatever. I bet you were just like. Right. No, yeah. I had no clue, tell the truth, man. I had no idea. I knew I had run round two and I knew I had run round four because I had the big knockdown. But round five was up for grabs. You know, we both pushed the pace and. Man, I, I had no idea. I was just like, God, come on, man. God, please give me this one, you know? <laughs> Dude, I feel like you answered so many questions. You know, for me personally, since, you know, I'm from ATL, I've seen you fight pretty much your whole career. I know how good you can be. But you mentioned that, you know, in your UFC fights, you felt, you know, tired before the fights even started. And I'm not just talking about physically tired. I'm talking mentally tired. But here you went out there right. five rounds against a UFC vet, a guy who, you know, fought very tough in the UFC. And I think you really showed what Diego Lima is uh, capable of, hence why you're wearing that belt right now. Definitely, man. Definitely, man. You know what? Critics are the worst things, you know, after, especially after the run I had with UFC, man, you know, I felt like nobody believed in me anymore. You know, everyone was like, oh, no, he has no chin. You know, he's got nothing left. He should be done. So, you know, and I take that stuff personal, man. I hate that. You know, I know what I'm capable of. And he really showed, man, you know, I wish I had more time to train for a five rounder. But, you know, it, it is what it is, man. We, we went out there, we put it all on the line and it really showed, you know, it really showed what I'm capable of. Yeah, it really did. It was unbelievable. Now, real quick, before we talk about anything else, because I just spoke to Freddie, and, uh, you know, since I've had both uh, of the ATL champs on the show, I wanted to lobby (laughs) for an ATL event, and, of course, you know, Freddie has such an amazing performance that I completely forgot to talk to him about that. So, you're here right now on Half the Battle. Let's get this out the way, dude. Titan FC has to come to ATL. Definitely, man. I read it. I told um as soon as Freddie won the belt, man, I, I tweeted, I Facebooked uh, Jeff right away. And I was like, listen, man, there's a lot of hungry fighters here, a lot of guys that will sell tickets. 
And, you know, I was like, man, let's get the show on the road, man. You just rent a truck, put that cage in there. I told him my gym has a cage, man. I got a 24-foot cage in my gym. We can use that, you know. He doesn't even have to worry about, uh, about the cage. You know, I told him, let's get the show on the road, man. Let's bring in the ATL, man. It's going to be fantastic if they do that. Dude, and I'm not sure if Jeff and them realize how quickly – it would sell out. I mean, just, you know, all the local shows here sell out right away. And that's, you know, n none of the guys are UFC vets. But now we got two champions in ATL. Like, are you kidding me? Like, dude, the shit, the shit would be packed all the way to the last row. And you'd have to, you know, sneak oh, definitely, in. Oh, definitely, man. That, that would be a quick sellout, man. That would be a quick sellout, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, it'd be the kind of thing you have to you have to call your friends in advance and try to have them sneak you in the back <laughs> to get in that show. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. So, dude, you know, besides fighting an ATL, what do you want to do next, man? I mean, you're the champ now. Do you want to go straight to the big show? Do you want to defend the belt? I mean, it it the the cards are uh, you hold the cards now, my friend. Right. You know, man. If I could, I'll be in the UFC. You know, I, I, I'm trying. You know, I'm I've been in touch with Joe and. Man, it's just, it's going to be about timing, you know. If somebody gets hurt at the right time, man, I'll jump in, you know. I told him I'm always ready. I'm staying in shape now, you know, because now I have two wins in a row. You know, I'm the Titan FC champion. So I'm just staying ready, man. If they do need somebody in short notice, you know, I'm going to jump in, man. I don't even care if it's a light, light heavyweight, man. I'm walking around now about 200 pounds, 198. I'll even take a light heavyweight to get back in, man. I, I feel like I'm ready now. You know, I'm ready, man. Mentally, it was difficult, you know, back then. It just wasn't, wasn't time yet. And now, man, I feel it. You know, I feel I'm ready. But, you know, if not, we, I, I believe Titan has, uh, has a show October 29th. So if, the, if I don't get called up, that's when I'll be defending my belt. And that's it, man. Just keep on keeping on, you know. Exactly, and you mentioned your two wins, and it's not like you went out there, you know, beat some guy with a two and eighteen record or any shit like that. You beat up two very, very tough guys. I mean, the first guy he's like six foot six or something like that, and then yeah, the, exactly. And, and then the both next of my guy, guys, man, both of the guys, both of the guys I beat, you know, their record combined now is eighteen and three, eighteen and four, counting my losses. Exactly. So you know, it, it's legit competition, man, and. You know, I show that I deserve to be on the top, man. I beat top guys, you know. I'm not taking any easy fights that, you know, that's going to do nothing for me. So, man, I'm just trying to show that I'm at the high level, you know. Yeah. And, and with those two fights, I show that. Yeah, and as a fan, I want to personally commend you for that because, you know, a lot of people would have, you know, said, oh, maybe I need to take an easy fight, get an easy win. You didn't do that, man. I mean, you put yourself in the most high-pressure situations possible because a lot of people don't know, but when you fought a – you know, the six foot six guy that was an ATL headlining event in your hometown. People don't understand the kind of pressure. That exactly. Comes with Coming off two show. losses, you know, it is. Coming off two losses, man, that was diff That was tough, you know. That was tough, man. I, I just, I, I, I like that pressure on myself, you know. That, that's how you prove yourself, man. So I really, I wanted that pressure on myself just to show, hey, you know, I, I deserve to be in a big league, man. So, you know, actually, I did that because, you know, I want to put the pressure on myself and I performed the best on like that. Yeah, and then to take it a step further, after you headline the hometown show, then you headline the Titan FC card and win that belt. So, I mean, dude, as far as I'm concerned, you put in the work. Now, you mentioned that, you know, Joe Silva's been in touch with you. I mean, what, what has he said, man? No, I just, man, every every time somebody gets hurt, you know, I email him right away, you know. I email him right away. As soon as I hear somebody's getting hurt, somebody's hurt you know i'm the first one to message him you know usually he he works fast so he his response is always man i, I got that field already i'm like dang it joe why, why do you work so fast man <laughs> but you know the time will come man i i'm a guy i have a lot of faith man you know it'll come you know when the time is right it'll come i'm just you know i'm on his list i'm sure man if, if it's even a week's notice man i'll take it man I'm ready right now. I never got out of shape. You know, I, I'm staying in shape, man. I'm putting in good rounds at, in the gym. And, man, it, the time is going to be right. You know, somebody's going to get hurt and I'm going to get called, man. I just feel it, you know. I don't know when, but it, it's going to happen. Oh, yeah, physically you're ready, but you know what? Mentally you're ready too, man, and it's so cool because you and I spoke for the first time, you know, when you were coming off the losses in the UFC, and even then, man, I mean, your confidence was never shattered. You always had it in the back of your mind like, hey, Diego Lima has a lot more to prove, and that's exactly what you did with this two-fight win streak, man. 
Definitely, man. Definitely, man. I, I'm a guy that I'm a hard worker. You know, I, I believe in myself, man. When you know, I have confidence in myself, man. And that's you know, that's 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 a that's something that's big. You know, I have a lot of confidence in myself. I know how hard I work in the gym. You know, I ho- I know I train with black belts every day. You know, I train with Muay Thai world champions every day. So you know, I know what I'm capable of, man. On the feet, on the ground, wherever it is, I know what I'm capable of. That's why I have that confidence in myself. That's why I'll be able to take a, a fight in a week's notice, two weeks' notice, man. I don't care, man. I'm putting the work in now so that when that time comes, I'll definitely be ready. And like you said, man, mentally is the biggest thing, you know, having those two fights outside. And then, you know, Atlanta came here with Robbie Lawler and Tyron Woodley. They went to Atlanta, and I went to that show. And, you know, I just felt that, okay, man, I, I, I need to get back in there. You know, that's when I really, I was like, okay, I feel it now. You know, I need it. I need it. And real quick, how amazing of a show was that? 201, I mean, the fighters brought it, man. They did, man. They did. That was awesome to watch, man. I was there. I watched the first fight all the way to the last one, man. I, that was awesome to watch. They brought it. Yeah, it truly was. And for a fighter like yourself, I mean, like you said, that, that really has to motivate you to be like, hey, I want to fight there. Definitely, man. It's just so different, man. I was just in Bellator with London, you know, with my brother. And, you know, the UFC is just different, man. It's just different. They, they're definitely the, the top organization out there, man. And I want to be back in there, man. Hey, speaking of your brother, one doesn't simply drop Paul Daly. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> man, I told, what did I, t- I told you before, man, when my brother's healthy, there's no one in the welterweight division that can beat him, man. When he's healthy, when he's 100%, trust me, that guy is just unstoppable. Yeah, you know what the craziest part about it? How does he make 170? I, I look at it, I'm like, dude, that's a 205er, and, and, and he rehydrates perfectly. Oh my god, it does, but hey, it was tough, man. This last one, especially, you know, especially we, man, we hit a little bump. It was like he was about 176, man, and he was sweating, but just the weight wasn't coming off. We're like, oh no, not again. So, you know, nobody knows this, but man, that last time we started cutting at about nine o'clock that night no it was about 10 o'clock that night we didn't finish until five in the morning man because he was an early weigh-in so it was a rough night you know it was a rough cut but you know the recovery was good and you know he recovered good so that that paid it off but man that was a rough one that was a rough one he was a big boy hey well he beat paul daly in england and he dropped him standing so i mean props to douglas he dominated him he didn't really just beat him he uh, he dominated him every aspect you know yeah <laughs> so, and that's it man and then he'll probably get the russian next you know he'll probably get koreshkov next he'll get that rematch and you know him at 100 percent is going to be a totally different fight so i'm looking forward to that one Dude, it's so interesting. I'm glad you brought that up, Diego, because, you know, the first time they fought, so we all know Douglas had an injury going into that fight, but it still looked to me like, you know, Andre was still, you know, a little cautious. He was still kind of like, well, I mean, that's Douglas in front of me, so I can only imagine <laughs> what it's like when he's at 100%. Definitely, you know, he, he, he knew it right. He knew he had a knee injury, so he went straight to the wrestling because he knew it was going to be hard. So, you know, he played it smart, man. He really did. You know, he did his game plan, and, you know, he took care of business. But, you know, and we'll see. We'll see what happens next. But, yeah, definitely, he still respected the power. You know, he's still hurt. But still, man, if that right hand lands, you know, he's going to go down. So, wait, is that the next fight that's going to happen? Is that in the works? I believe so, man. I believe so. The, uh, Scott talked to us after the fight. You know, that's the fight he wants to make. So, I'm pretty sure that's the one that's going to go down. It's probably going to be around uh, end of November, December, somewhere around there. We'll see what, you know, Koreshkov wants. But, you know, that's definitely the fight next. Awesome. Well, congrats to you and the fam, man, because that's going to be a great moment when Douglas gets that belt back. For sure, man. You know, two champions in the family, it's going to be nice. Two champs in the family and three champs in ATL. Now, dude, I got to ask you this. So That's right. <laughs> let, let, let's say your next fight is in Titan, right? And, you know, maybe you have to fight one more in Titan before you go to the UFC. Who in the welterweight division right. do you want to fight the most right now? Ah, uh, man, I'm not even sure, man. I'm not even sure. I don't really, you know, I'm not really following the guys outside, you know. So I'm not really sure who's out there, man. You know, a lot of people are talking about the Mashad rematch, but... You know, I'm open to that, but, man, I don't think that's really going to do anything, you know. Like, I beat him again, you know. It's just, hey, you just beat Mashad twice, you know. 
I'm looking at what's going to get me back to the big show, you know, and beating my shot again, I don't think that's going to help any because it's just going to show on my record. Oh, you baby beat the same guy twice. Congratulations. <laughs> you know, nobody's going to look at that. So, you know, I got to I got to see what's best for my career, man. I don't really know who's out there, but man, I'm ready I'm ready to find a young stud, you know, coming up, man. I, you know, Whoever, we'll see, man. But I'm, I'm ready for whatever. If it's a young guy, you know, coming up with a big name, they want to test themselves. You know, I want to fight those hungry guys. So we'll see what they find, man. I'm sure, you know, Titan always delivers. So I'm sure they'll find some good competition. And we'll see. I'll be ready for whoever. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. They're going to find someone for you for sure. And, you know, you mentioned the Mashad rematch. Obviously, for me as a fan, it would be fun, but I completely understand where you're coming from in terms of your career because, like you said, you're, you already beat him. What's the point of beating him twice? And you could Exactly. Get- no. And then, man, if he, if he was in the UFC, that would be great, man. I'll rematch in a heartbeat. We'll both, both get paid 50 grand and boom, that's it, you know. But <laughs> you know, fight, having fights like that for cheap change, man, it's hard, man, you know. <laughs> It's hard. That's a five-round war, and, you know, don't really get paid that much for that. So it's just tough, but, you know, we do what we got to do. Hey, so, Diego, now that you're the champ, you know, who are some guys from ATL that you think the fans need to look out for? Obviously, there's Chaz Walton, Juan Puerta. Who are some other guys? Definitely, man. Man, we have Brentley Fur, man. There's um, Cody Durden. He's from my gym. I got He's a 125-er. He's only 2-0, but, man, the guy's in the gym every day putting work, man. I have a bunch of amateurs, man. I have this uh, this middleweight, Bavon Lewis, man. People call him the next Joan Jones, man. He's like 6'3". That guy's a straight machine. He's only 2-0 right now, man. We just can't find him fights, man, you know. I'm actually going to talk to Jeff about him, man. The kid is just ridiculously good man he spars with us every day trains with us every day and man the you guys will hear about him soon man but Vaughn Lewis we got his brother he's an amateur as well so man we're building some fighters man we got a great group over here man a great group a bunch of amateurs you know so I'm really excited for the future man these guys are you got to come in there and you got to put on work man or these guys will beat you up they're hungry you know (laughs) so that's it man Hey, dude, how about uh, Zhukal versus Kenny Robertson? That's a hell of a matchup. Very, man. Very. Zhukal's really training hard. You know, Robertson's tough, man. He's game. He comes to fight, man. He brings it every time. And, you know, we're going to be ready, man. Zhukal's doing his camp here now. And then he's probably going to finish it in Coconut Creek. But, you know, we have him for the next three, four weeks. So, you know, I'm pretty much, I'm mainly his training partner for this one. And, Man, we're pushing a pace, you know, pushing a pace. I know Robert's going to bring it, but, you know, Jacone's going to put him away. Dude, I love the style clash so much because I know you've seen uh, the highlights of uh, Kenny Robertson do that little slick knee bar he does, but it's almost like a wrestling thing, not a jujitsu type move. And uh, just to see the style clash, just for me as a fan, I, I can't wait to see those grappling exchanges. Definitely, man. Definitely. Once they grab you, know, it's going to be some high-level stuff. You know, it's going to be definitely be some high-level stuff. Kenny's no joke, you know. And man, we're really looking forward to that one. Yeah, me too. Stylist, like you said, man. Stylistic. That's that's a beauty to watch right there. It, it really is, man. The fans are going to be in for a treat. Well, Diego, before we get out of here, man, I, I want you to tell us why Titan needs to come to ATL, man. I mean, I mean, they can hear me talk about it, but let's hear it from the champ. Man, Titan needs to come to ATL because we have so many fighters out here, man. We have the thing with ATL, man, everybody here is hungry, man. We don't get the respect we deserve. For, we know the East Coast side right here. We don't get the respect we deserve, man. And with so many fighters out here that can sell tickets, you know, I don't see it. I don't see why they don't, they don't come over here, man. We got two world champions. We got me, Freddie. We both live here. We'll sell out any place. We'll pack it out. Come on, Titan. Bring it to ATL, man. That's right. Well, Diego, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. Always a pleasure, my man. Congrats again on becoming the champion, and uh, can't wait to see what you do next, man. Let the audience know where to follow you on social media, my man. Definitely. Thanks a lot for having me, man. It's always a pleasure. Please follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You know, it's I'm at MMA, and, you know, we'll soon we'll have fight news coming up soon, and, man, we're ready to go. All right, brother. Thank you so much, and uh, have a great day, my man. All right. You do the same. Thank you. Peace out. There you have it, folks. The Titan FC Champions Edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you follow Freddy Asunsao at Freddy underscore Asunsao. Shorty Torres MMA 125 for my boy Jose Shorty Torres. 
and Diego Lima at DH Lima MMA. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Go to bestfightpicks.com and make sure you subscribe to the Half the Battle podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. You know I'm going to be back for the UFC 202 fight predictions. We got Mike Biggie Rhodes, Sean Carey. It's going to be a stacked lineup for a stacked card. And man, I can't wait to break it down. Connor and Nate are going to throw it down again. It's going to be a monumental occasion. So make sure you tune in. Hope you guys enjoy. And until the next time, let's cash these bets. (laughs) 